We notice today in the Gospel of Matthew chapter number 27 that uh, Jesus is in the court of Pilate. And we see that the court of Pilate will soon lead up to the crucifixion of our blessed Lord. But we see here that this is the third and last final trial that Jesus will go to uh, before the crucifixion on the cross of Calvary. We see, first of all, in his first trial that he was brought before Pilate, and then Pilate knew that he was from Galilee and sent him unto King Herod uh, to be uh, to be judged. And then Herod sent him back to Pilate, and now we're at the third trial of the crucifixion of our of our blessed Lord. And we see as Jesus stands in the court of, of Pilate, Pilate sitting on the judgment seat, and notice he's looking at Christ and, and asks the people, Whom shall I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus? And we see in this chapter that we're soon uh, down to the final days, and uh, not, all, not days, but hours of the, the life of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, we see in Matthew chapter 27 and verses 1 and verse 2 that Jesus is brought to Pilate. And then we see that uh, the results of Judas as he betrayed our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, for we know today that uh, Judas betrayed Christ for 30 pieces of silver. And he brought back the pieces of silver and threw them uh, on the floor of the temple. And the Bible said in Matthew 27, verse number 5, the uh, Bible says, And he cast down the pieces of silver, talking about Judas in the temple, and departed and went and hanged him. Not only do we see that Jesus is in the court of Pilate in this chapter, but we also see that the results of Judas betraying Christ in this chapter. And it was that he went and hanged himself. And notice here that the results of betraying Christ is always condemnation. The results of betraying Christ is always dead. And you say, well, preacher, I would never betray Christ for money. I want to say today we're living in a generation that is betraying Him for much less than money. For we're living in a generation that a family will betray Christ for some kind of sport. A family will betray Christ for some kind of school. A family will betray Christ for some kind of entertainment. And we're, we're living where people's doing the same thing to Christ as Judas did unto Him. And that is that they are betraying Christ for much less than 30 pieces of silver. Then we see Jesus now is in the courtroom of Pilate. He's in the court of Pilate. And we'll pick up the message today in verse number, verse number 15 of Matthew chapter number 27. Notice what the Bible said now at the feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner at which whom they would. And they, they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. We notice in verse number 15 that it was a, it was a Roman custom to release a prisoner of the people uh, at the annual Passover feast. 
And now before the people, there's two prisoners that, that, that Pilate's gonna, gonna release one of them. And notice today we must look, first of all, I want to draw our attention to our text in verse number, in verse number 17, the, the two prisoners that are before Pilate. And notice here the Bible said in verse number 17, therefore, uh, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, uh, to Pilate said, uh, unto them, whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. And notice today, church, first of all, we must notice in our text in verse number 17, the two prisoners that are set before us. At number one, the Bible said in verse number, in verse number uh, 16, and, and they, they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. And I want to look just very quickly this morning on, on the two prisoners that are before Pilate. And notice we first must have looked at, uh, we see Barabbas. But not only do we see Barabbas as a prisoner, uh, but we also see the blessed Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we look at first of all this first prisoner uh, that is mentioned in our text, it is Barabbas. Now notice here, Barabbas has done something than worthy of death. For the Bible tells us in Mark's Gospel chapter number 15 and verse number 7 a little bit about Barabbas. For we, if we look at Barabbas being one of the prisoners, first of all, notice we must look at his iniquity in his uh, being a prisoner. Now notice here, Barabbas, we're going to look at Barabbas's iniquity. Now notice the Bible said in Mark chapter 15 and verse number 7, and there was one uh, named Barabbas which lay bound with them that had made an in insur insurrection with him who had committed murder. Notice here we see in, in Mark's Gospel that he's not just a prisoner but it's told us that his iniquity, that he committed murder. That he's killed somebody. And then in Luke chapter Luke chapter 23 and verse number verse number 19 the Bible said who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. So we see Barabbas and we must look at his iniquity. For we would say that he is a candidate for death. He is a candidate that should die on the cross of Calvary. For he has committed a crime worthy of death. He is a prisoner. He is a murderer. He has, he has went against God's law and has slew a man. We see Barabbas being one of the prisoners before Pilate. But not only do we see Barabbas, but we also see the other prisoner that Pilate brought up in verse number 17. For he said to the people, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas? Uh, Barabbas? Or he says, or he said, Jesus, which is called Christ. So we look at the second prisoner this morning that is before us, the blessed Son of the Lord. In Barabbas today, we look at his iniquity. It is brought before us in the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of Luke that he was a murderer. But if we look at the blessed Son of God, we must look at him being innocent. 
Now we have two 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 uh, prisoners before us. We've got one that one that has committed a crime, one that has done iniquity, but we got another one before us and before Pilate that is innocent. And notice here today, just in our text, just in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 27, there is four times in the crucifixion of Christ, just in this chapter, that Christ is said to be innocent. It is found, first of all, in verse number, in verse number four of Matthew chapter number 27. And the man that betrayed him, the man that sold him for 30 pieces of silver, brought to our attention him being innocent. The Bible said in verse number four of Matthew 27, saying, I have sinned and that I have, have betrayed the innocent blood. That then they said, What is it to us? See thou to that we see that first of all that, that Christ is, is is proclaimed to be innocent by by Judas but not only that it is brought to our attention again that Christ is is brought to us being innocent by the wife of Pilate notice here in verse number in verse number 19 notice here his wife sent unto him saying have thou nothing to do with this just man for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him and we see not only the innocent of Christ in in Judas in in Pilate's wife but we also see it in Pilate himself in verse number 24 Pilate said I am innocent of the blood of this just person of this just person see ye to it and then now in verse number 54 of Matthew 27 we see the satyrian soldier which is over the crucifixion of Christ and he saw everything that was done he saw the earthquake that was brought forth after Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and his final words was truly this was the son of God and all through the gospel of Matthew chapter 27 we see Christ being innocent and notice here if we look at Barabbas we see his iniquity if we look at the blessed son of God we see him being innocent and Pilate said that we flip over up this morning in Luke's gospel in Luke's gospel chapter number 23 Pilate said this in verse number 14 ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverted the people and behold I haven't examined him before you Pilate said I've examined him and notice here in, in Luke chapter number 23 and verse number 14 notice here what is real important today in our text that Pilate did not examine Christ behind closed doors but notice what the words of the Bible said in verse number 14 of Luke 23 Pilate said I have examined him before you he said I've not done it in private but I've done it publicly now I want to say today when you when you examine somebody publicly the truth will come out and notice here Pilate said I've not done it private but I've done it publicly before you I've examined Christ the one you've said done blaspheme the one that you've said have told lies I've examined him before you in the midst of the people and notice here Pilate said and I have found no fault in this man touching those things 
things whereof you accused him. Accused him. And notice Pilate said, I've not found no fault in him. He said, but Herod has found no fault in him as well. No, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him. And lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto Him. And I want to say this today all through the crucifixion of Christ. While they beat Christ and while they spit upon Him and mocked Him, Christ still remained the spotless Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. So now we've got in our midst two prisoners. we got one named Barabbas, which we see his iniquity, a murderer. For if there's any one of the two that needs to be crucified, it is for sure Barabbas for the iniquity and the sin that he has done. And we have before us also the blessed Son of God. And we cannot look upon His iniquity, for He has no iniquity. But we must look upon His innocent, for He was innocent. He was innocent from the birth of the virgin. And He was innocent when He was nailed on Calvary's cross. Barabbas before us is true, a murderer. But I want to say before us, we have the Lord Jesus Christ that is not a murderer, but is the mediator between God and man. Job said there's not a daysman betwixt us. And Job's answer to that question is in 1 Timothy chapter number 2. The Bible said there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. And a murderer would not be able to save my wretched soul. But God sent not a murderer, but He sent a mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, to take our place. Notice here in our text in verse number, in verse number, uh, in our text in Matthew 27 and verse number 18. For He knew that for envy they had delivered Him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Notice here, the Bible says, But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude, and they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Now the, the, the chief priests and the elders have persuaded the multitude uh, uh, to, to, to take Barabbas' side and let Jesus be destroyed. In verse number 21, the governor answered and said unto him, Whether the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas... Barabbas. They wanted Barabbas, a murderer, released unto them. They didn't want to see Barabbas be crucified. They didn't want to see Barabbas die. And notice here, not only do we see the two prisoners, but we see Pilate's famous question in verse number 22. Notice Pilate's question before the multitude and before the people. Verse number 22, Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus? which is called Christ. Notice here, Pilate asks them the question, you were going to release Barabbas, but what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And is that not the question? Is that not the, the question today to you and to me? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? 
the way that you answered that question this morning will predict your eternity and determine your eternity. The Pilate said, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Now I want to ask you today, what have you done with Jesus, which is called Christ? Have you accepted Him or have you denied Him? Have you served Him or have you separated yourself from Him? What you do with Christ will affect this life, but it will affect the life that is to come. You'll either be brought to Him and live a life of eternity in a place called heaven, or you'll be brought and be lived in a place of eternal damnation that is hellfire and brimstone. What you do with Christ today may affect your eternity tomorrow. For there's not a one of us in here today or under the sound of our voice that is promised tomorrow. For what is our life but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow? So the question today is what shall you do with Jesus which is called Christ. Notice the people's, notice the people's answer. They say unto him, let him be crucified. In other words, we don't want nothing to do with this just man. He's not going to rule over us. We don't need him to be a king of the Jews. Whether you want him to be king or not, he is king of kings and lord of lords. Whether you want to bow your knee to him today or not, you will bow your knee to him in eternity. So today, what shall you do then with Jesus which is called Christ, will you accept Him or will you deny Him? Will you serve Him or will you separate yourself from Him? Notice here the people said, crucify Him. Crucify Him. We see the prisoners. We see Pilate's question. But we see a penalty. I'm done. A penalty. Notice here, if we look here at the prisoners, any man in their right mind this morning would say Barabbas deserves this penalty. Barabbas deserves this penalty. For he has iniquity in his heart. Does not Barabbas set a picture of me and you? David says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin. Did my mother conceive me? We look and we point to our fingers. We point our fingers at Barabbas when we ought to be pointing our fingers at ourselves. You say, preacher, I was never a murderer. No, but no, but we all had iniquity abound in our heart. And we all, we all, we all stand in the place of Barabbas. Needed to be and face this penalty. But notice we see who the penalty was put upon. In verse number, in verse number uh, 25, they answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Notice here, Pilate then released he Barabbas unto them. He released Barabbas. Here we see the, the guilty going free. Here we see the iniquity being erased. And we see the innocent step in his place. Is that not what we find in Genesis chapter number 3? What happened in the garden? 
when God preached the first message, not with words, but with a symbol. And He took our first parents, one that had done iniquity, one that had done wrong, one that disobeyed God, and He went and got an animal and made coats of skin and clothed them. There we have the innocent dying for the guilty And here we have today the innocent stepping in and taking the place of the man that has iniquity. Notice here, we see the penalty. But notice here, nothing nothing else is mentioned to us about Barabbas. For Barabbas is set free. Barabbas is, is set free. He is released. And notice here who's the penalty falls on. And if we look at this penalty today, we will look at, first of all, the chastisement of Christ. The chastened Christ. Notice here in our text, and we're going to move, move very, very quick today, but notice in verse number, verse number 26, and we're going to begin looking at this penalty. And first of all, we must look at the chastened Christ. Barabbas was never chastened. None of this happened to Barabbas. Barabbas deserved everything that we're about to read. Barabbas deserved everything that Christ went through. But not only did Barabbas deserve it, but I deserved it as well. And you deserved it as well. I had iniquity, but the innocent stepped in and took my place. And notice today what we're going to read is not only what Barabbas deserved, but it is what I deserved and what you deserved and what every human being deserved because of his iniquity. But the innocent stepped in and took the place of the guilty. In verse number 26, we look at the chastised Christ. Verse number 26, we see that He is scorned. He is scorned. Notice here that scorns in there that takes place in in, in verse number 26 today. That word scorns means to whip, to lash as a public punishment. Christ was whipped. He was lashed open as a public punishment. I want to say today, in the Bible day, public punishment was, was, was alright. And it would do us good today in the United States to go back to public punishment. You wouldn't have some of the wicked crimes that we have in this nation if you go back to capital punishment. And in those days, they believed in capital punishment. As Pilate, as Pilate examined Christ, not in private, but in public, Christ was chastened in public. And they scourged Him, they whipped Him, they lashed Him open publicly. Not only do we see, not only do we see in verse number 26 that He was scourged, but in verse number 28, the Bible said, and they stripped Him. Not only do we see a scorned Christ, but we see a stripped Christ. These men had no respect for Christ, for they stripped the clothes off of His back. Now notice in doing this, Jesus was already beaten. Jesus already had wounds on His back. And as they stripped the clothes off of the back of Christ, it irritated the open wounds that was on the back of Christ. They ripped His clothes off of Him. They stripped Him. 
Not only do we see that they script Christ, but we see in verse number, verse number 29 that, that Christ was scoffed. He was mocked. He was made fun of. In verse number 29, and the Bible said, and they platted a crown of thorns. At those soldiers, they woo, they woven in a crown of thorns. And if you, if you look at those thorns was about two to three inches in length. And they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed down the knee before him and mocked him saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Barabbas was never mocked. Barabbas was never stripped. Barabbas was never, never, never scourged. But Barabbas was set free. A man that deserved it all. But Jesus took his place in verse number 30. Not only was Jesus scourged, not only was Jesus stripped, not only was Jesus scoffed, not only that, but Jesus was spit upon. Spit upon. I, I would think twice before I let spit come out of my mouth again. For they spit on our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. How, how wicked and how vile it may have been. If I was you, I wouldn't even put my spit on church property, but I'd keep it in my mouth where it belonged because of the agony and the embarrassment that it caused our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ when they spit upon Him. How, 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 rude, how rude was that when they spit upon, they spit upon our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Wonder how they're feeling in hell today as they spit upon our blessed Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. They feel the same way you'll feel if you, if you deny Him, if you don't accept Him as your Lord and Savior. They spit upon Him. Not only did they spit upon Christ, but notice here we see that they smote Him. They smote Him. They hit Him with the palm of their hand. Why? He was innocent. He didn't deserve it. But He was taking Barabbas' place. And all of this that we read here today, the chastisement of Christ, is what I deserve and what you deserve. But Christ took my place. And as we see here today, that not only do we see in our text the chastened Christ, uh, but we see that was not done. That was not, that was not the end. But the people still cried out, crucify Him, crucify Him, crucify Him. And we see the chastened Christ led up to the crucified Christ. The Bible tells us today in Psalms chapter, Psalms chapter number 22, His point to our Lord and our Savior on the cross of Calvary. And verse number 14, the Bible said, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a pot shred. And my tongue claveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell that all my bones, they are, look and stare upon me. They parted my garments among them and cast lots at my vesture. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter number 52 and verse number 14, as many were astonished at thee, his visage, his image, the image of Christ was so marred before any man that was formed more than the sons of man. 
He didn't even look like a human being after they after they chastened him, after they beat him. And that's what we deserve this morning. Barabbas is sitting there in the multitude and he's watching what he deserved fall upon somebody that was innocent. He was crucified. And this morning, not only do we see in our text and in the Gospel of Matthew, chasten Christ, crucified Christ, but we see a coming Christ. All that Christ went through, all that He went through, all that He went through, where murderers, where murderers could go free. What he did for Barabbas, what he did for me, what he did. The innocent died in place of iniquity. Where Barabbas could go free. I want to ask you today, is he not worthy to be worshipped? 